0: Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute.
1: For most people, work is something that is a drudgery. It's not something that necessarily we rejoice in. But for a Christian, work is meaningful. How do I find meaning in my work? How do I move from doing things every day to finding the passion that God wants me to find? I'd like to talk about that with you today. Well, everybody, let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. John, pray for us in the name of the father and the son and of the holy spirit amen i remember one time listening to a wise man giving a piece of advice to a young married couple and the piece of advice that he gave was you can't eat love now <laughs> might kind of sound trite right but there's something really profound about that you can't eat love he was talking to them about their their desire to be fully in their faith and to really live out the depths of what Christ was calling them to. And they had a lot of aspirations about the holiness of their couple. And uh, this particular person was thinking to himself, well, he wanted just to remind them of the basics of life. You can't eat love. In other words, as much as love is of value and is of essential value for the person, you can't eat it. There's another value that is more essential in a sense. Love is the most essential value insofar as it's the perfection that we're all striving towards and it's the deep motivation for everything. But if that deep motivation and that essential goal of our life to live in love isn't actually sustained by real efforts that are necessary for the sustainment of life, by work, in other words, well, their love is never going to happen. And a lot of our marketing today markets to young people kind of more along the lines of saying that love is all you need, that the job and work and the career that we're trying to follow actually are so underneath the values of love and friendship and having a good time that you could just keep going in debt indefinitely. If you just keep on charging on your credit card, as long as you're having a good time with your friends, that's what really matters. And as we all know, that catches up to our young people. That catches up to each one of us. We can't continue to live as if reality, the realities of life, of the body, of the banks that own our debt, and everything else that impinges upon our natural expressions of the human heart don't exist or as if they didn't have value. You can't eat love. A, it doesn't mean that love isn't important. It doesn't mean that love isn't, isn't the most important thing of everything, of course. It just means that you mustn't forget that that love and the spiritual aspects of our life depend upon a realism. And the realism is that in order to eat, you need to have a job. In order to have a job, you have to have skill. In order to have in not only skill, but you have to have dedication and sacrifice and the desire to ply that trade in good times and in bad and to put your labor and your sacrifice behind it. This is a you know, I, I deal a lot with millennials and uh, the millennial generation, which has one of the, the highlights of the millennial generation is their ability. For friendship. Their, their understanding of the communal nature of each one of us and the importance that that friendship and general society and sharing of the heart actually has for our perfection. This is a great, of course, great benefit for us. There's a lot of, of the, the cultural expressions of acceptance, of sensitivity, things that, that otherwise could keep people from reaching their high point and their best are actually brought out by millennials in the millennial generation. Everybody gets a chance and everybody gets an ability to be celebrated and everybody gets the, the, the chance to move forward and to give the best of themselves without exclusion. Of course, I mean, this is something that, this, that really represents a high point of even the Christian culture in our world today. But the, the one of the sides the, to that that oftentimes gets emphasized, especially by o- older cultures, is that the realism of how difficult life can be and the demands of the workplace and the competitive environment of a capitalistic culture oftentimes chafe against that kind of millennial mentality that says that we should be accepted and loved for who we are no matter what. Well, that's fine. But how do you balance that with the fact that some people are better at doing things than others? And that in a competitive work environment, you absolutely need people who can deliver at a higher rate. You you can't eat love. Well, but at the same time, you can't ignore love. And there's a balance between the two of those. The balance needs to be found and needs to be struck by each one of us because even in our own personal lives, those two things find the same tension. That is, we need to pray. We need to spend time with our families. We need to recreate. We need to celebrate. And at the same time, we need to sacrifice as we put ourselves into jobs that we don't necessarily enjoy. And in those jobs that we don't necessarily enjoy, we also have to push ourselves forward. There are people that want those jobs worse than we do. Like I remember talking to a builder, a framer of houses from North Dakota, and he was sharing with me about how cold it gets up there. And it occurred to me that even in the middle of the coldest winters, these builders in North Dakota are still building. And this guy who was framing houses was framing houses at sub-zero temperatures. And I said, well, you know, how do you do that? He said, well, you get used to it, you know. And the worst is when your power saws just kind of freeze up. <laughs> and I was thinking, that's pretty cold when your power saws are freezing up. He said, "Oh, you just kind of heat it up again. You keep on going. And, and you think to yourself, with that type of work ethic, you know, what couldn't be done? Well, there's a sacrifice there that each person has to embrace. And it's the same sacrifice that we put behind the drive that's behind us to discover and to move and to get better and to put our nose to the grindstone. How do I balance that and the demands that that puts on me with meaning? Because on the other hand, my meaning isn't necessarily there. I mean, some people love to work and they find all kinds of meaning in it. But deep down inside, they really just wish that they could be with the people that they loved. And between the two of them, obviously, when it comes to the perfection of things, work is made for life. Life is not made for work. But work is an essential element to life. And if you don't have that essential element you can't live the rest that you want to live but if you if you if you at the other hand only live what you want to live you can't sustain it there's a there's a part of us that deep inside needs the demands the grind and the inherent difficulties of the of the human labor that goes behind either physical labor intellectual labor but the labor that's entailed in the workplace, we need both.
0: Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to Ministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E-Ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today.
1: You know, so when we try to find this balance between The passion, not just the passion, but the the meaning and significance of our lives and the importance that we have to dedicate ourselves and to embrace the grind that's necessary to sustain that meaning and significant activity. We find ourselves square looking at our Lord. Isn't he someone who embraced both? That might surprise us because, of course, being God, <laughs> he had absolutely no need for work. And the whole understanding of human labor is completely repugnant to the idea of God. The, the ancients, the philosophers, for example, before Christ, who thought about what it must mean to be a God, they would have no place in God at all for any kind of work. Why? Because work entails change and entails time. God is beyond change and God is beyond time. I mean, God is absolutely perfect. So anything that he would do, he would do, I mean, without even saying, without any kind of effort at all. It, you can't imagine God laboring. God getting up in in the morning and saying, oh my goodness, (laughs) because that's what God would have to say, of course. Oh my goodness, What, what a day I've got today. I've got to remake the earth and the universe. This is not how God functions. God being perfect does not labor at all, at all. We can't even imagine it because in our world, Everything involves labor, everything involves change, everything involves effort, everything involves us moving outside of ourselves, and it is not so for God. And so to say that Jesus Christ is God is almost contradictory, it actually is contradictory to saying that Jesus Christ labors. This is why for many religions, the whole idea of the incarnation at all is completely beyond God. God is so great that he could never become incarnate. Jesus Christ could not be God because God does not labor. And Jesus Christ labored. How do we explain this? Well, we go back to St. John Damascene. He was a a, a father of the church, a bishop, and wrote and thought a lot about these things. And he said, you can resolve it this way. You say that God is in the flesh labored. So God, insofar as he was man, labored. And because God labored as a man, the work that that God accomplished as a man has the value of having God, having performed it. So obviously God knew this in advance and he hid all of the tables that jesus christ made because they would be priceless (laughs) no i'm just kidding about that but you, you see what i mean the 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 fact is when god became man in the person of christ and that is the great mystery everything that jesus christ did god did insofar as he was man So if you keep that language going, you can say, well, yes, God suffered insofar as he was man. God wept insofar as he was man. God had a mother insofar as he was man. And that motherhood of God, for example, that one in particular, extended all the way to his divine person because it wasn't just insofar as he was man that she was mother, but that she was mother of the whole person. But she became mother of the whole person because of the incarnation and that keeps us in this mystery of being able to speak both of God insofar as he is perfect and maintaining the absolute transcendent perfection of God infinite in majesty and wonder and beyond any kind of our imagining and the fact that Jesus Christ who was God picked up a hammer and saw and worked why is this so important for us Well, we who are Christians, let's get this straight, are not just people who imitate Christ, okay? The imitation of Christ is absolutely essential if it's understood as a way of me conforming my activities and my thoughts to becoming more and more conformed to him. But imitating Christ from the outside is only a small part of Christianity. In fact, it's something much more profound than that. I don't just imitate Christ from the outside as a Christian. I don't just follow his law and teaching, although I do, right, it's very important to say that. We we do follow his laws and teaching, and if we don't follow his laws and teaching, we cannot be his disciples. But being a disciple of Christ is much more than that. It means being linked to him, so that he lives his life in and through ours. And this means that the things that we do every day are expressions and sharing of his truth and his actual activity in this world. So when I go to work every day as a Christian, I'm doing something that is so meaningful I am actually participating, sharing in the work of Jesus Christ. That's something that's that's mind-boggling for us. And that's where we find this intersection between the deep meaning of, of what we need to do and the value of the sacrifice, the pain, the drudgery that we put into doing it. I guess what I'm saying is that a lot of us think way too small About our work experience. It's more than just you can't eat love. Work is more than just something that's essential for life. Work is a fundamental sharing in a mystery that somehow God Almighty is revealing his work through ours. Now this has incredible importance for our world today. What if each one of us was to lay hold of that vision of what we do every day? A lot of us say, I just work in order to get home and be with the family and the kids. That's fine, but it's also not enough. It's not enough. Jesus Christ, when he came into this world, did not come just to have you saying that what you do for eight hours a day has value only in so far as it permits you to be at home with your wife and your kids or with your spouse. It has much more to do than that. He came into this world himself as a worker to sanctify that time of labor and to fill the effort and the sacrifice and the drudgery and the toil with his very presence. What we do each day is sacred because it is a sharing in what he did every day. And he manifests himself through that work in a very
0: special way. I'd like to share with you more about that. Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ.
1: So the very first thing we need to do is is recognize that the fact that we go to work every day on a regular basis, and we have to, that you can't eat love, is something that is valuable to God. He has a plan and a destiny for me to accomplish through that experience that I cannot accomplish otherwise. This is an amazing thought for me. And I love to think this because we don't think deep enough and greatly enough about our life. We, we oftentimes live such mediocrity because our vision for what we do every day isn't deep enough. Christianity isn't necessarily about expansion and about doing all kinds of different things. Christianity is about embracing what we do do and what we are called to do with intensity and deep appreciation. Do I appreciate enough that whole aspect of my life that is necessitated and caused by labor? By having to put my clothes on and go out in the cold, to go back into the office when I have a cold, to engage in people every single day, what value does that have for me? I do a lot of traveling and speaking, and I'm always amazed at the, the number of people who don't like what they do. And I can understand that. I used to work as a garbage man, believe it or not. I used to go out on the streets and throw in garbage every day. I have such admiration for those people because having been jumping in snowdrifts at seven degrees, 10 degrees outside to throw people's garbage away, it's quite an experience. It, and you realize that these are underserved and underappreciated parts of our society. The men and women who labor in the sanitation departments. At the same time, you also say to yourself, this is not a lot of fun. And yet, what was the value of that? I mean, are we to say that value has to come from enjoyment? Can I have personal value without having a high level of enjoyment? Yes. The Christian message is that Jesus Christ came to bring a value that's deeper than enjoyment. And if I can learn to find that value, then even if I don't have a necessary enjoyment in what I do, I do not let it go or trivialize it. I am sharing in the act of the Redeemer on the earth by embracing the hardship and the drudgery and the toil and the risk of my job. Work is more than what is necessary for life. Life is found in work for the Christian. How? Well, here's the first way. The first way is by realizing that when I am working, I am completing the work of the creator. Now, we're going to talk more about this as time goes on because there's so many themes to develop here. But what if I were to understand that God himself shows me that he begins things in time and completes them in time. From the separation of night from darkness, from the separation of land from water, from the formation of man, from the formation of woman, from the foundation of the family, God himself has put creation in place. And then in Genesis chapter one, it tells us that God asked man to tend to the garden that he had created. The Garden of Eden was left, well, in our hands. And our vocation was to tend to that garden and to keep it. That's an essential part of the human person, for men and for women, to tend to the garden and to keep it. In other words, God is like, I wanted to create this whole physical world and then entrust it to you. And therefore, it will require a sacrifice and require labor and require difficulty. And that is part of what love looks like today. Not only can you not eat love, but I don't think you can love without work. If you act as if, you, if life is only about this type of companionship, there's something about the companionship that gets corrupted. There's something about our friendships that lack realism. Very quickly, our friendships can become all about us about our emotional enjoyment of one another, about the pleasure that we take only. But we have to acknowledge that that pleasure can be refined. It's not just because I'm together with you that I'm living with you in the best way that I can. My friendships are not just automatic. My friendships come from who I am. And who I am comes from many different factors, including my work. My ability to get up and sacrifice myself and deploy my energies towards things that are difficult and also deploy my energies towards things that require thought and creativity and focus at that aspect of my person, this, this fabricating aspect of my person, my productive part of who I am, this all leads to a depth of person that becomes a very deep friend. Friendship, companionship, camaraderie, love, unity is honed and structured by And I think it's really important for parents to remember that. In our world today, we can give our children so many things and provide for them so well. And we even feel like we have to all the way from paying for their high school to paying for their college and sometimes even paying for their graduate school And we can forget that one thing that you can never give a a child or buy for them is the experience that they gain from earning their way themselves. That kind of cold and difficult journey is an essential part of structuring and forming a human person. And it's an essential part about forming a leader. When I look at how God raises people in the Bible, I don't see God doing a lot of giveaways. (laughs) I mean, he gives away his grace and he gives his support and he's there all the way, but he never replaces that deep core of the person that he's calling who has to, well, get out of the boat and walk on the waves. Or like Moses has to actually go in front of Pharaoh, even though he stutters and speaks. Or in the way that with Abraham, he had to actually take his son Isaac and go to the place of sacrifice. God commands, he leads from the outside, but he never carries to the point that he replaces the person. The mystery of grace is that he supports all the way and that he inspires and that he even lives within us as we do it, but he does not replace us. And a lot of us, we're replacing our children. We're we're acting as if this cold and difficult aspect of work is something that they should avoid. And in fact, it's something that they need. It's something that we all need. Working and labor leads to a more perfect love. And as a Christian, it leads us to sharing in that saving love of Jesus Christ by the offering of our very persons in and through that work and completed in the offering of the sacrifice
0: of the mass. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at org. That's info at org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.